everyone, and welcome to season two. This is Anyone Can Move. You guessed it, based off my voice. And if you're watching, I am James Boyd, one of three hosts. And of course, joining me, I have two wonderful choreographers. Let's start off by welcoming Miss Katie Fleming. How you doing, Miss Fleming? I'm doing great. How are you, James? <laughs> I'm doing good. Okay, all right, all right. Never, never least, Miss Katie Breland. How you doing? So good. <laughs> oh yeah. So I am. I I'm all like giddy, right? And and hyper because I I'm excited. And as you heard, you know, Katie's they're excited too because we are in discussion, a ongoing discussion that we started last season with Gregory Dovashian. So uh, we're just excited this episode to continue our conversation. And it's a new year. It's it's 2021. We spoke with Greg in 2020. You know, what's changed? You know, what's happening? There's some suspense here. And we're about to find all of that out when we return. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Anyone Can Move. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Anyone Can Move. And here in studio, we have Gregory Dobashian. Hey, Greg, welcome. Hey, what's up, guys? Happy to be back. Thank you very, very much for having me. Absolutely. We, we, we needed you to come back because, I mean, I, we, we were just saying off air, right? Now on record. <laughs> we were just saying how the last time you were with us, I mean, we basically asked one question and you just, you, you shared nothing but wisdom the entire time. And, and that's beautiful because that just simply yeah. means you have so much bottled up and you're willing to share it. Like you've figured all this stuff out. Well, it's like you've done I, all the homework for us. That's a lot of love. I appreciate that. If I remember too, I, we were having that conversation at, at a very um, heightened, I mean, I think it hasn't really shifted too much in terms of the heightened possibility of fucking anything going down at any second. But, but I do think, um, yes, I had a lot going on, I think at that time as we all did. Mm -hmm. And I think also too that like we have been, I don't know, my response throughout that whole year was to like, just like create like a flurry at like anything that came at me. Right. Or anything that I saw that was, or when people were asking me about it or, or trying to like always like shift, not just my thinking, but any anybody else's thinking like around me. Not that I am even that powerful or excellent in that way, but I think it's funny cause like this year I feel like mad different like already, mm -hmm. like I, I don't, I don't have the same flurry. Not because I feel like I've lost something, but I really need to feel like um, how to like draw the balance between like how much you're taking care of what's in your backyard and how much you're able to give to what is around you. Um, how also that maybe like don't mistake listening for not doing or not being active or something like that. Like in terms of like taking like better account of like what's actually around you and also like what you've done. Like, I think for me, like I appreciate so much, like all the love and support that I always feel when I interact with you guys. And even as you come back to recalling our last meeting, you're like, Oh, you said so much and get so much. Like, 
like I hope that actually did shit you know like like so that's another thing too like I'm like well that's fine that you're doing all this stuff great but like what's it actually doing so I think that's why I've been trying to come at it this time with like a different pace or a different kind of consideration Right, right. You know, I, I, I can unpack that a little bit. Um, so, so if you're listening and you're like, who is this Greg guy? Well, shame on you, but it's okay. I'm going to help you out. All right. So uh, Greg Adobashian, he is a what he, right. It's okay. It's okay. That, that's, this is why we're doing this. This is why we're doing it. Okay. So, so Greg, he's, he's a, 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 a fabulous choreographer right right he controls movement people so all right there you go and 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 he has a another part of his brain that he connects and uses because he's also a business owner so here let me explain that really quick he has a wonderful company uh you're selling you're in the you're you're it's an ongoing celebration of 10 years with this company and that's the Dash Ensemble. And then at the same time, he has an extension to the company. He's inspired so many, he's developed the Dash Academy and he has two locations as of right now. Um, and that's New York City and that's also Texas. So uh, uh, that's who we have to listen to. So when he's saying that he's, 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 he's bottled up a lot of information. He's, he's doing things and he's feeling a little different. I think we should kick back and kind of listen a little bit here. But you know what, Greg, um, you, you ended by saying, you know, I'm doing things a little differently and maybe we can jump start um, our conversation here in 2021 in this way. Um, I realized on your website, you have this, it says new virtual workshop uh, uh, and uh, for me, like that is a shift. So is that something that you're talking about? Like that's something that's changed and that is the outcome of last year in comparison to this year. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, so I, like many people, try to look at um, how many different kind of avenues and, and platforms that we could engage with that would keep us in our practices um, obviously, the virtual space and digital communication is something that has really exploded among all creatives. Um, and so basically, we were looking at how many different ways and branches that we could sort of invent and reinvent and, and engage with useful um, models on these platforms for anybody that's seeking training, guidance, mentorship, or community, frankly, of any kind. Um, I think that sort of, if we're talking strictly just, if we're gonna geek out on dance for a second and just talk strictly within the dance community, you know, I, I look at it as like different tiers as far as where people are at in their development. Not tiers in terms of like who's superior or something like that, but it, it more so in terms of like, what are the needs of developing artists ages like 10 through 15? And then what are the needs of developing artists ages 15 to 19, 20? And then what are the eight developing needs of artists that are within university programs and or just starting to exit them? And, um, and so then we then try to tailor what we do educationally, hopefully, ideally, to those needs that we're observing or sort of looking at. And so each one of those programs um, functions, I think, to try to connect to different um, demographics of artists. For example, I think the virtual workshop that you're referring to was known as Outlook, which is a program that we created specifically for collegiate 
and recent graduate artists um, to do exactly that, to try to really like hone and sharpen the outlook that you will have at this time coming into a program or coming into the field. Um, I think that that specific age range of people is a really challenging one to be in right now because there's so much there's so much that's unknown in those phases, even when like the conditions are relatively normal. And so I think that that's, that's a tough one for people psychologically right now, um, which is hard because I feel like that that group of people is the one that may really find some solutions to this. But because there is a mental approach right now where they're like, well, I'm in school, so I'm waiting for the first thing to be like I'm waiting for that first break that I need. But those people right now might be the, like you might have to make that break. Like you might have mm -hmm. to make a break that you think you're not qualified to make it or that you're not sure where to start with yet. But, but that might be something. Or if you, frankly too, like I think if you have, see I'm doing it again, fuck. But I think that if you have, I think that if you, if you, see something like let's say you're a fan of like a, a particular group or a company or an institution I think it's not out of bounds like if you see something in them that that might be like something that they're missing or a solution like like I can say this for myself as an owner and as a director of multiple things like I'm open to knowing about that right now like if either of you Katie's like hit me up and you were like yo you know something you're really missing this really important avenue with the dash because of x y and z like I would listen to that. Now, granted, not may not everybody would. And I, that is to say, when I say I would listen to it, that doesn't mean that I would necessarily put it into practice or, or feel like it's the right direction for me. Maybe. I mean, who knows? It depends. But if it's something that I'm really like, yo, you're absolutely right. Thank you. Who are you? Would you like to keep working with us? <laughs> you know, like these things are, <laughs> these things are important. So I, I do think that like, I know we sort of digressed because we were talking specifically about college people, but that is something I think to consider for those of you that are in that, that realm right now too, is like um, how you're sharpening yourself independently and not just how you're sharpening yourself so that somebody else approves your level of sharpness at this mm -hmm. time, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you can't, that you don't, shouldn't stay humble, but you do have to like, I think, feel like you can be, proactive even when it really feels like there's very little to be proactive for or there is a, it's a hard momentum to generate um feeling activated towards but i think i think solution seeking is a big one right now for sure mm -hmm. but yes going back to your original question we try to cater a lot of different eclectic approaches to any educational curriculums that we offer at the dash right right so, so do you think that's that's a, a little different? So, prior to our cultural oh. shift, you know, dancers um, would okay. Are you open to thinking in this way that dancers prior to our cultural shift and change waited would wait for the opportunity, and now during this cultural um, climate, dancers are there's a demand for them to create their opportunity, and and is that what you're talking about? That's the oh. outlook. I think, I think, yeah, I mean, I'm a big proponent in teaching autonomy always. Like I really, I, cause I think that whether you, 
again, talking strictly within dance co uh, constructs, whether you end up being a freelance-based artist, whether you end up being an artist that's working from contract to contract, whether you're an artist that's working in multiple regions and multiple cities, whether you're an artist that's working in one city a lot, all of that is a business that you own and you're partnering with lots of different entities throughout your career to do so. And so I think, and, and I have found more and more that like the way that people run their business really dictates how often and how much they're employed. And so I really try to continue and any constituents that we have and any guests that we have also, you know, we push to echo that, that like, the dance training that we engage in is really just a backdrop to continue to strengthen like this type of thinking and these kinds of approaches and this type of identity to endow yourself with. Now, I'm not gonna sit here and claim that like if we are the only people that do that. Like I think that that's <laughs> hopefully happening, you know, around the, the, the globe ideally in, in, in multiple arenas, right? In college settings, in independent study settings, in earlier development settings. Um, this is such a this is such a network based business as most are but in terms i think of the of the of the consistency that you want to experience and of the enrichment that you want to experience whether that be financial professional geographical um or creatively and it is possible that you can get into those sweet spots where all of those are happening too. It is possible. But I, I do think that a lot of it has to do with the autonomy that you're able to see for yourself in the way that you continue to organize and pursue and decide. We don't always know what's going to happen, but we need to know what's going on. Um, and so... So yes, the, these, are, these are qualities that we try to strive to instill in all students. I mean, frankly, even as a professional, when I'm making stuff or when I'm fortunate enough to be brought somewhere to create, like, it's that kind of shit that I personally am looking for in people when I'm in the room. It's not even necessarily like, who's rocking the choreography? Like, I believe we could get there too. Because I think if you have that mindset, then like, you can get to the other, other stuff. Like, I do believe that that's possible. Um, and so I think that's why it's so important then to, to be clear and specific about what types of networks you want to be in or what kind of networks you find yourself in. Because for example, the next choreographer could, could come into that audition room that I was just in and be looking for a totally different type of set of priorities and values or whatever. And so you as a candidate either want to be comfortable with being able to ebb and flow with all of those or being prescient enough to be like, well, those things are not stuff that I'm necessarily comfortable with or interested in sort of dedicating a lot of time to getting better at. However, this shit over here is my thing. So let me find a lot of people that rock with that thing because then like more things will open up in the thing that I feel suited for. Um, and that's what I mean about autonomy too, like just being able to have those kinds of conversations with yourself, like taking a hold of your own identity in that way, like, what do I do? What do I say? What do I like? What do I not like? What, what am I comfortable in, in claiming that defines me? And what am I willing to be really vulnerable and open about that I don't know yet that also will, that I'm willing to seek out and be active in that, in that sort of crafting with? Um, 
and this kind of shit that we're talking about right now is the shit that we talk about in the studio too. So right. like, this is this is how this is how we go. Like like I, I do think it is character and energy based just as much as it is like aesthetic skills and abilities. Um, Cause like I said, I'm not even good at half of this shit. I just think I'm good at like trying really hard. And I think if more people felt, if more people felt secure in the level of the value of their effort, then I think that people would like go after things more consistently. I think that we'd be a little less, a little less halted by, by obstacle or, or rejection even. Like, I'm not saying that we're not gonna have emotions. You should, that's how you discover what you feel and what you stand for. But I, I think that there's so much that gets left undeveloped because we shy away from it. It's not because like, oh, I actually did everything I possibly could there and it didn't come through. It's like, no, you probably didn't even know that that was available to you. <laughs> Or maybe like, oh, no, nah, like it, it, you didn't find out yet. And so because you didn't make it that one time, you decided that you could probably never show up again. And it's like, no, then you just go again. Like, so, I mean, not to tell anybody how to think and feel, but, but it's, it's a blueprint. <laughs> but again, I think that there is merit to the, there is merit to like the, the habits that you form behind what it is that you're looking for. Like, right, right. Mm. How would you yeah. go about like cultivating those habits that you were just talking about? That's an awesome question. Um, well, I think, I think that habit forming is something that, see, when we say that word, for example, like a lot of people automatically go to like, a, I think bad habits, but habits are, habits are both like habits are classified in both ways. And frankly, like good habits are the things that lead you to like really awesome magic and so if you can start to i think just one look at like every piece of behavior that you're willing to in yourself and start to just really be like okay i do this and i do that like how okay is that a good habit or a bad habit this is good this is good, this is good. and like really starting to look at just the columns of you like now ideally you want your good column to be just racked right and we want to try this bad column to be like pretty limited but the thing about the bad column is like, I think you want to look at them and be like, okay, how many of these could I turn into good? Like maybe I'm just doing the reverse of a good habit here. And then how many of these can I get rid of? So it's not even about like, oh, let me measure myself versus how good versus how bad I am. It's like, what am I actually doing? It's kind of like what I was saying at the top of this discussion. Like, what am I actually doing? Like, I have this pattern in my life where I do that a lot. Like I'll go on like really like, all out bursts of labor and effort for like 18, 24 months. Like, and then I'll be like, okay, hold up, yo. Like, what was that run actually like? Like, what did you, what really happened with all the mm -hmm. things that you did? How many of those are still existing today? What, what's continuing? What, like, what, what, what added more possibility to your life versus what, what what merited more sacrifices that were harder to come back from and like you know like there's lots of different so quote unquote like life analytics to measure stuff by but i do think there's some merit to that like i don't think you can quantify all of life and just measure in numbers like i do think that there's a beauty to the the magic and the spontaneity and the element of discovery that occurs 
But I think that those things present themselves when there's a fair amount of currency already happening in your life through work like this, like mm-hmm. through taking the time to itemize shit, to being willing to like look at yourself, to being totally comfortable with like fucking up in front of people or like dropping the ball where possibly even other people might've been depending on you and like having to face up to that and being like, yo, so this happened, but this is how we're going to go again. And mm-hmm. Now granted that is going to be on a, a wide range of scales, depending on whether you're, you know, working in large community settings or in more individual pursuits. But, but I think that like, I think that that work can start with less resource than you think. Like it's a matter of like us doing it first. And then also thinking about environments that align with the habits or the qualities that you've identified with in yourself. Like if you're like, oh, I do all of these things, but I'm at a place that doesn't do any of these things. And then I'm looking at the inequity of my life or feeling why I'm unsettled or what. And it's like, well, that's probably a thing to look at right there, right? So. That's why it's good because sometimes we think that the answers to this stuff are very complex because they involve our feelings and our emotions. And this is true, but we could get to the root of the solution in a, I think, relatively efficient way if we're willing to see like how much, like there's so much that's tied to very little actually, as far as the quantity in terms of what you break down in terms of behavior, in terms of outlook, in terms of thought process, in terms of um, choice making, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, I had a friend for a long time who was a quarterback on a pretty high level. Um, and that's a very like athletically demanding position. But he was always like, yo, the thing that makes the difference is the decision making. He was like, it actually doesn't matter like how good or bad or fast or slow I am at this. He was like, the thing that we're always practicing that I'm always trying to work on is my decision-making in the moment or in the time or, 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 or what, what am I going to do with my skills? What, am I, what choice are we doing here? Or what am I going to do with the skills of the people around me? What is the choice that we're going to make in order to use these things? So if we can start to add that level of precision to the training that you're doing or to the development that you're doing as far as like like prioritizing your decision making and the ways in which you choose to make decisions and the counsel that you seek while forming those decisions Mm -hmm. i think that that can really help because i mean think about it you guys know have you been in a collegiate program how many people have sat in front of you and been like yo keep keep talking to people keep asking questions keep doing that and you're always like, yes, yes, yes. But if you really think about the measure, like, like, have you asked as many questions, do you think, as the amount of times you've heard that advice? No. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So we could leave it right there, you know? That's <laughs> so true. And I think a lot of this take, just takes in self-reflecting and thinking like, okay, like you said, like, what am I actually doing here? Am I actually doing the things people are telling me to do or advice um, that they're giving? And I think for, I mean, you just celebrated 10 years of, of this, of Dash, of doing all this. Yeah. For you, like, self-reflecting on the last 10 years, what are some of those things that you're looking back and you're like, that was great, and then this was not so great. How am I walking in? It's so funny. I was just on the phone having that conversation before I got on ah. this 
<laughs> so it's really, and you're touching on it. That's a, this is a good one. <laughs> see why you got to wait. See what, what I was saying before too about like giving time because then other people can participate too and then it gets better, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I mean about like listening more. Like it's like you, you listening is also I think inviting. Like I'm trying to invite something towards me. Yeah. I'm trying to invite you to feel comfortable to offer like something that might be a gift that you have that I don't. Mm -hmm. And that's great. So I thought a lot about that, for example, like how many beautiful gifts, for example, like all the people that have participated in that 10 year run with me brought into it. Um, and then I thought about how many ways I really did a great job with handling those gifts and how many ways I also dropped the ball with handling those gifts too over, over time. Um, I also think that there, it's all about what you decide. Like, like so many, like I keep, so many things came together in order for this whole thing to happen. But at the same time, none of those things would have come together for that to happen if like me and my founders didn't decide to like, stick with it or decide to get the attention of this or decide to make sure that we were noticed here or you know like even then like when I think about it this is going to sound horrifically arrogant and I don't mean it to because that's not my point I, I used to think that the dash was incredibly important to the general existence of life but I realized that over time it was that important to me and I was just relentless about bringing it to people. Now, if they happen to take to it, great. And I say that not because, oh, I'm so great and I did that. It was actually very sobering in the perspective of like, of what it is that you're doing in contrast to like your commitment to it. Like, I'm like, Oh, I thought that like everybody cared and so I cared and so we sort of had a calling just like no, I just cared and like everything probably would have been happening or not happening whether we entered into the stream or not. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody else was going to enter into it. And I say this because that's going to be I think some of the way that you're going to have to feel about you and what you do towards what you're working at, towards what your goals are, towards what your desires are, and towards who you want to be doing it with, too. Like, for example, I was very lucky to be with people who also cared greatly. Now, whether they cared about their spot in the thing that they were doing, or whether they cared about me as a person and thus indirectly cared about what we were doing, to me, that doesn't matter. It's having the presence of like that, that energy of care or that hunger of discovery. When we use these words, they tend to take on big ass connotations for people that make people feel like, oh, well then in order for me to do this and have it be worthwhile, this shit gotta be nationwide and everybody gotta see. <laughs> and it's like, no, like I, we start with either doing or not doing. If you're doing a life that is centered around creativity and you have amassed a participation in a daily way 
of doing something completely atypical and like completely designed by you mm -hmm. and working in conjunction with lots of different people, that's a massive success. And I don't care if your mom is the only one who knows about it or like everybody knows about it. That's a big deal. It's also important to remember that like that is what you wanted, or at least that's what you said, right? So we have, and it's not that those can't change, but a lot of times I think we get tripped up with the like, all the things that we think we want, what's really attached to that sometimes is like, oh, other people noticing me getting all the things that I want and having it be something that's large and having it be something that's known. As far as like respect or props or skills or recognition or all that kind of stuff, I think that's attached to pursuits. Cause I think sometimes like we have those things attached to pursuits, whether we recognize it or not, like, those things don't come from the people who give them to you. Those things come from your dedication to the work that you're doing consistently, mm -hmm. however inclusive or singular it is. And those things come from the consistency of doing them because you have to give people a chance to also catch on to you, right? Or you have to give people a chance to become acquainted with you. Or you have to give people a chance to experience you and then depart from you and then share their experience with others. And that has to travel and like all that kind of stuff. Like even very fortunate, like after I left Alabama, right? I was receiving messages from people that I didn't even work with that were like, yo, I heard this was incredible. Like, congratulations, like, that's so nice. Now, again, this isn't about celebrating me. I was actually very, like, humbled and surprised in that moment and just like, oh, shit. I wasn't even thinking for a second about that. That, like, that there were other people outside of the studio that the 12 of us were working in. You know what I mean? Like, you forget <laughs> these things when you get up into the shit, right? So I think, like, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you do find those people who you really love or they have demonstrated that they really feel connected to you and what you're doing, you better not like smile and take that and then keep it moving. Like you better really go in with them. You better really talk to them. You better really like spend time in their circles because I bet you they've got some like-minded people, which means that like if that person in their personality has an affinity towards you, it's quite possible that the world that's attached to that person has an affinity to you too, which automatically increases your, your support system. And also just like, just the psychology that you need to hold, I think, in a good space in order to just do this every day. Like, like that's the thing too. It isn't just like the critical PowerPoint presentation of like, these are the steps to success. It's also like about the shit that you do that gives you feelings where, you know, like you're just like, man, today was a good day. But like, it probably was normal. You just decided that it was because your mindset towards that today was like something. And I believe, at least for me, at least, I think these things can come from different sources depending on how people are. But for me, people are something that really form and cultivate my mindset. That's just the person that I am. That's, some, that's why so much of my work is based in community and so much of my 
themes within the work that I make have to do with the figures that are, that are in it. So what, so me being able to sort of recognize that or be like, okay, that's a piece of me that I know is part of my like sort of lifeblood, if you will, then I have to be like, well, then I need to design my life in order to allocate for the best of that to come into it. So that's why I always talk so much about networks. Now that might not be what works for everybody. Like there are people that really respond better to a solitary thing and then there's other things and that's dope too. But I think that everybody is gonna still have the need or want as a person for some form of trust or connection. And so if there's a figure, even if it's just one, that, and I, I suggest that this figure like not be a family member or like a boyfriend or girlfriend. I mean, I think that it can be in addition to for sure, but I think also that those two dynamics have like, you know, careful, they have, they have their own sets of dynamics that come with them too, right? But yes, I think, I think that so much of it in terms of like us feeling good can come from a lot of other sources besides the success or the measure that we think we're doing the thing in our life at. Because first of all, if you need that thing to go really well or to win at it in order for you to love it, then you don't love that thing. Like, I love this thing whether I became successful at it or not. Like, I'm into it whether it take me someplace or not. I'm into it whether I ever got to make, leave New York or not, whether I saw the world or not. Like, we just like doing the thing. Now, if you can recognize that you like doing the thing on a point where you're like, I bet you if I dedicate myself to this, I can make a living doing the thing that I love, then yes. But I think that like, there are so many obstacles that come with doing what you love sometimes. Convincing yourself that you love it shouldn't be one of those obstacles. <laughs> now, your perspective in the feelings of it may change for sure. Like your love might be on 10 and then your love might go to a different place. Like these, these things can shift. I find that, especially when we do something creative or active, it requires a level of discipline that's like really the most paramount thing to maintain because I think your motivation will wane like time to time, piece to piece. I mean, even now, when you ask me about this 10 year run, for example, like I'm confronting certain elements right now of like my hunger towards certain aspects of it that at a time I felt a certain way about and, and I frankly feel in a different place with some of those things. So I'm trying to look at that as far as like, what does that mean? Does it mean anything? Do I even pay attention to it? All that kind of stuff. But the discipline is the thing I think that like over time, just like doing something over again, that's what keeps me from being like, well, because I feel this way, we're just not going to do it. Like, or whatever it is. <laughs> like, like the discipline is the thing that like keeps me to find the most articulate and useful way to express the feelings that I have, whether they be detrimental feelings or really motivated feelings or really clear feelings or really sort of like confused and uncertain. The discipline is a thing that allows me to try to not like imbue the situation with my feelings about it, but be like, okay, like what, am, how am I going to participate at the crossroads that I'm at right now? Mm -hmm. 
including maybe waiting until another cycle of lights comes before I try to cross again. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so, there's so many choices to make in that, in that respect. Um, and I have only been able to learn all that kind of stuff or see the world through that way from having made this 10 year run in this industry and on this level and, and, and doing it in the way that we have. Um, and I, I, I think the one thing that I'm super happy about with that is like, I am really proud of all of it. Like including, including the, the, big L's like I'm, I'm really I'm really proud of of all of it because I I feel like I have always gotten to hold something really special and like hold an interesting spot in what I'm doing and I got to hold a really cool and am holding a cool wave in that in that city for sure and and, and I got the respect of so many incredible artists who I've always been really in awe of and and i know that if push comes to shove anybody could say like yo but that's at least the real deal like that was the real deal like they did it the real in a, in a real way they're doing it in a real way and so i'll take everything that comes with that um including continuing like i think that's the biggest thing too like i i've watched so many people including myself like shudder themselves at the trauma of a mistake and or like or or like if something like didn't go well they just really convince themselves that it wasn't for them and i think that it's like the total opposite you know like i think i think it's inevitable to have like that that growth period and that time when you like yes you're like even when you're doing it you're still developing like even and i think we've we mess that up with the psychology sometimes like like the whole time for these 10 years, like I was developing, like I feel like I'm at my best now. Like I would have loved to have started the dash like right now, right? Like, cause I like know all this shit and I could come through so much more airtight. But at the same time, like if I had, if I had, if I had stopped ever or let something that pointed out like, hey, like to me, like when you make those mistakes or whatever it goes, hey, guess what? Like, you need to learn a little bit more about this. Like, hey, like, you don't just climb step one to five, yo. Like, you have to, and part of, like, learning about it is going through the ability to learn how to grow from criticism, how to, like, grow from, how to grow from, from scrutiny, how to be willing to separate your punitive outlook towards yourself about like when you missed that or you should have did that or you were a little less organized here like like those are all pieces of information that are being given to you so that you could continue mm -hmm. you'll know when you're being pushed out <laughs> like or you'll know when you feel like yo this actually isn't for me because you will know at that time whether your desire to correct this is like equivalent to the love that you have for the thing. Like if you love this thing and you see it in its, in its most elevated form, then your participation in it has to continue to evolve and get honed, which means that you might mishandle it at the beginning or you might not come at it in the dopest way. But if you really love it, then you'll be like, oh shit, I didn't know that. Let me learn how to interact with you better, right? As opposed to like, I can't do it. It's not, I knew I couldn't do it, right? Well. 
you got to earn it, man. We Everybody got to earn anything, right? And I don't mean that from like the stereotypical like alpha, like who way. I mean it from a time of like, it's the same thing like with a person, like you build over time, right? You build a rapport, you build a trust, you, you find more things that are connected. Sometimes you take to them more as they continue to grow in age, right? You're like, oh, like you, I love how you're talking right now or like whatever. Like, and I think that's the same thing with this. I, that's what I learned a lot in that time with the dash like that is like your, the development of your relationship to the thing that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, like what's my relationship to my, to, to my endeavors and what's my relationship to the way I'm working and what's my relationship to the tone of my, of my, um, of my relationships with my colleagues or what's my relationship towards my quality of organization, like our plans and how much we're, we're, um, engaging administratively and just, just all the stuff. I mean, you could, you could go down to the micro or you can go, go bigger in terms of more qualitative things. But I think it's a constant activity. Like you're, you're, you're on the, you're constantly looking under the hood, like all the time, even, even when you caught the checkered flag, like you still need to be like, okay, wait a second. How are we going to continue though? <laughs> like, or like, or like, yo, I know we got here, but I'm really sorry because I did that one thing to you and we shouldn't have did that. I need to get better with that. And I don't want you to not know that I don't acknowledge that, that I see it. Like, there's so much trust that's involved with this in, in terms of with colleagues, but also in yourself too. And I have been on both sides of that through my 10 years with the dash for sure. Like I've been in the room and been completely like, you don't know what you're doing and everything is a joke. And like trying to work like that and like telling myself that shit, terrible, all right? But like lying too and like trying to look like I got it all under control in front of my, the people that I love and respect so much. So I had to learn a lot about like these, these mental pieces like in that way. Um, and that's information that I think, you know, I didn't have, or I shouldn't say I didn't have it, but I didn't recognize the predominance of it, of what it would play like through the trajectory and kind of like how much it is like I, and this is no knock on any college, but I really want, it's like, this is the kind of shit that needs to be really getting taught up in these places, man. Like, mm -hmm. like this is the kind of curriculum and these are the kinds of like, now I don't know totally what all the methodology would be yet to codify it curricularly, but I really think that like, this is shifting the conversation a little bit, but I really think that part of the reason why there's a stop gap sometimes for graduates and then like what happens to them once they're entering into something that's requiring a bunch of shit of them that they haven't even gotten to talk about yet or like there's like so many things that come up where someone's like great um, so do you have this and you're like wait what is this i don't even know what the fuck that is meanwhile we could have been talking about that before we were just like too busy making sure everybody got to their horton class or whatever now i'm not saying that that means that those pieces of work shouldn't be included because they should because we need to know what is happening and you need to know what it is that you're equipping yourself for 
And you need to have an understanding of language, of movement, period. And I get how that comes from all these things. Mm -hmm. But there was a really, like, whether it's good or not, there is definitely a definitive professional climate that is out there that I don't think is being replicated properly, frankly, in a lot of platforms educational. Now, I might have just totally killed my career on this podcast and no college may ever hire me again. I get it and I understand. And no, I don't have all the answers. I'm just seeing this as a problem and I have yet to see if I from the outside who am not really working as a regular or full-time person at any of these institutions is seeing it, then I would hope that somebody under those roofs that is receiving all the tuition from all of these people would see it and would actually put something into practice to try to address it or in some form or fashion. I have yet to see that occur. So if it is happening somewhere and I don't know about it, I would love to find out. And I'll be the first one to be like, yo, great. Thank you very much. I stand corrected. <laughs> when well, are you I, here, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Flipping. Oh, I said, yep. when are you going to start building this curriculum? <laughs> well, um, we did have a discussion in our meeting the other day about creating a program for college-age students that either, for example, here's another thing that I'm seeing happening a lot. And I think some of it has to do with the difficult admissions process. Now, don't get me wrong, too. I know that universities have their hands tied in a different kind of way right now. And I know in general that that is a very bureaucratic and highly complex level of network and protocol and jurisdiction and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So this is not me on my kumbaya. Like I get that like things have to fall into place. And I also think that probably right now it's hard with the admissions process and how it is, but I'm seeing a lot of really, 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 really good qualified dance artists not getting into programs not getting into programs that they were pretty sure they were going to get into or not getting into programs where like, and I'm going to say this where I think that was obviously an oversight, like not like, like a weird amount right now. And it's not just right now. It's been happening slowly, but, and I get it. Some of that has, to, but I was like, where are these people going to go guys? Like, and so we might start a program specifically for those people. Um, it's something that we've talked about. I don't know yet what that's all going to look like, but um, and 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 we've talked about trying to figure out how to enter into like the accredited university scene in some form or fashion. Uh, it's a lot of fucking work and weird, and so I don't totally know how to do it. And I'm also looking at maybe there's like another way to get there without the impossible way that they've sort of set out for you to do because they don't want you to come with the information so so we're gonna see like what that's what that's like but that's why going back to the earlier question about this in terms of like while you're at a program it's very important for you to be autonomous in the way that you seek out information by being in that program below the surface and like how much you take advantage of the possibility of what's there, how much you create more possibility that's, that's there, but nobody's actually doing. 
I mean, like, I really feel like if anybody's determined enough, they can add to the curriculum of their school. I do believe that. But again, you have to go about that in a really surged and clear and dedicated way. You got to knock on doors. You have to consistently have conversations with your mentors and people. You have to consistently be around. You have to consistently, like, be willing to stand out, you know? And that's a tough thing in college. Like you can't stand out if you're trying to fit in. So you have to be willing to decide what that's gonna look like for you in the time that you're at a program as well. Because I guarantee you that there's lots of people that probably even work and teach and exist at the program that you're at that feel the way that you feel, but they have a job to adhere to too. So they're doing what they can, okay? But you might be able to talk to them and they might be able to give you something or you might be able to give them something. And then, oh wait, do we have a whole building with all types of resource to be able to get that done? We do. Do we have the hours to do that? Yes, oh, we do. And then wait, do we have the departments around us to then publicize it and officialize it and then put it out and promote it? Oh yes, we do. Wait, do we have to pay for any of that? No, we actually don't. We already are. Oh, great. You will never have a setup like that ever again. Even when you do it professionally, guess who's gonna pay for it? You unless you get somebody to pay for it for you, but you know what you have to do to do that? A lot. <laughs> and guess what? A lot of people don't like to give you money unless you got a little money to show. So you have to work. You're going to have to do stuff. But again, if you had a whole bunch of time to try to get used to what that's like, and then you didn't, and then you got to go out when the stakes are real, and you're like, I don't really know what the fuck to do. That's actually not on the program anymore. That's on you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's also something to think about, right? And if you're about to graduate, that's okay. It's not too late. And also, if you are already graduated, tell somebody that's back there. That's another thing, too. If you don't keep a door open, you missed it. Like if somebody, if somebody put a pathway for you or somebody did something to help usher you forward in any way and you let that thing close behind you, you really missed it. Mm -hmm. And then you know what happens? There's a backslide for a second. You'll see it, you'll feel it, something will happen in your life. Right. And you may not think it's attached to that, but I'm here to tell you friends, karmically, it is. And so it's very, important <laughs> it's very important that you get used to that too because that's the only way that a system i mean if, if we've learned anything like that's the only way that a system can really start to alter itself is when it's like past and when there's a conduacy of clarity as to how it's supposed to be moving and when people are conscious of like that it extends beyond you and that frankly your progress and it depends on the person behind you also knowing what the fuck to do mm. like if you know something about what you're doing and you're working next to somebody and you choose not to like let them know because you think you are going to advance faster you've completely completely clogged it actually mm. and you've helped nothing because you also haven't helped yourself by doing that you think you have but you actually haven't <laughs> also too when you know we what's the age-old saying like uh you really learn something once you get to have to impart it to somebody else mm 
So if you're also not putting yourself in the practice of being like, yo, like I have, I discovered this and now I, I'm able to, but you don't know how to put that forward or somebody can't grasp the excellence of what you've got. That means you need to do more work. That means you don't have it. And I'm saying this not to like intimidate people or push people around. It's just to be like, yo, like, it's fun that way. Like, <laughs> and like, and it's, and it's, it's, it's fun that way to, to have the attitude. Like, I think we are like, you were like, I have to, I'm going to do. And then you like have this way about you that makes it sound hard. And you're like, man, it's really hard to do. And don't get me wrong. Like it's difficult for sure. But what's difficult more so is I think just getting yourself to do it. Whatever it is at the time, because it is gonna be a lot of different things, right? I feel like whenever you're on this podcast and we're interviewing you, like I always feel both like so encouraged, but like so called out and I'm always like, (laughs) (laughs) Well, accountability is a big thing. And that's another thing I've really learned over time with with the dash and just with the way that I talk to myself and also with, with creative stuff that involves us. Like so much of what we do is dependent on like a person doing it. Even like the dance and the choreography, those are people, those are living, breathing, eating, functioning, bleeding people. We work in a business of feelings and emotions. Those are two things that aren't supposed to go business and those two things don't really exist together. And in most other realms of business, no one gives a fuck about those two things in terms of how they operate with their colleagues and coworkers because the value of their business isn't dependent on those two things. It's dependent on whatever commodity it is that they're working on. But because our commodity is this, that's why our business is so terrible. And that's why we have to be really mindful of that and that's why we have to figure out what that is and frankly also why we have to take that into consideration whenever we're dealing with somebody else who's bringing their business of feelings and emotions to what it is that you're doing so the accountability part in terms of going back to the called out factor that i think is a necessary thing because the commodity is the person and the person needs the methodology of that like you know like Katie, you always were like, dude, like when we were working the process and you were like, dude, like, like I'm just dancing. I'm loving the way I'm dancing. I'm like, I'm really, I'm going, I'm liking this. But that's because we really prioritize creating the atmosphere for you to feel like that. Because you feeling like that matters to me. Well, as a person, because I really care about you and I consider myself a figure in your life that I, I respect my position in that. So like, that's personal, right? But on the on the more like aesthetic side like my quality of experience is dependent on you feeling like that like like me and my mission and objective as a facilitator or choreographer in that case as a commissioned artist like in order for my shit to rock the way that i am seeing it to it cannot if you don't feel like that it could happen without you feeling like that but not on the level that we are trying to get to where we're like, yo, like where you left feeling like, it doesn't happen without you. 
it's that level of autonomy, right? And not from and that Yes, and that can, yeah. yeah, like after you left that stayed that with that piece, like it, it continued as we rehearsed, as we performed, and that's a rare thing. Do, for sure. Do you want to know why that stayed? Because every single one of you decided to make everything that you discovered in that process a habit. You see? Everything that you learned, everything that you felt like you attained, all the growth that you saw in people around you, we were like, oh shit, they be having a transformation. All that stuff were like, I felt like you all collectively were like, no, like these, I want this to stay and it can because I'm just gonna habitually treat myself and my work and the people around me with this level of moral approach or whatever it is, right? If anybody that you're working with can see that you have already done that for yourself, like if I'm coming into a room that's already set up that way, woo, we are about to really go, right? And so that's another thing to take into account. Like I just reminded you of shit that you already knew and could do for yourself. I just shed light on it. Like, it's not dependent on me, like, oh, I need Greg to feel like that. No, you don't at all. Like, you, you have all the things that you need to feel like that. I just reminded you that, like, hey, guess what? Like, you're really gifted, and if you let yourself feel this way, a lot of special shit is going to happen. And so then you felt the permission to, to do so, but it wasn't permission for me. Like, you gave yourself the permission to stand out. Now, here's what's cool about that is that when you have a whole crew of people excited to stand out, we all fit in. So that's what makes <laughs> it work. That's how you put like principal attitude, if you will, in an ensemble, like, like so that everybody is on 10 in that way and they feel like not only ready for their own progress, but that they've reached a comfort level where they're really supportive of the progress of others to me that's when i know somebody's comfortable with what they're doing when you can safely be like yo good job nice work i really appreciated your work then i'm like oh well then you should probably come because you sound solid <laughs> like like that's that's the best that's the best part of it yeah go ahead go ahead where did that yeah, for you, I feel like whenever we all were able to work with you, you just had a really incredible way of making other people seen and also inspiring others to help see the people mm -hmm. in the room. And we started calling each other out like, yes, Aaron, yes, Kindle, go, because we felt that environment was created. Was that something that you learned from another or something that you just felt was missing oh, in choreographic environments? That's a great question. Um, and first of all, thank you. That's very nice of you to say, like, super complimentary. Um, I think that I was very fortunate to be raised in a household with that type of atmosphere. It probably a little more understated than the way that I express these things, but, but I was, I was very fortunate enough to have a constant tone in my ear of like, yo, yeah, like, why can't, why can't it be you, though? Why can't it be you? It can absolutely be you. Like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And, and so I think I, 
was fortunate enough to just subconsciously have that endowed in me. I've gotten to be on a lot of teams in my life and that was something that I really loved. And that element of being on a team was the thing that I think I responded to so much, even more than the competition or the winning or the, or the sports even themselves. It was like, what, what comes out of people from people? <laughs> um, and, and then frankly, once I started getting into just the performing arts in general at a professional level, and especially as a, as a young person, even before I started dancing, when I was acting and on set and on stage, I was amazed at how many professional atmospheres were conducted the opposite way. Almost to the point where I had like a, it's like when you meet like your favorite like celebrity or something, they're an asshole and they're like, you get let down or something. Like, like I kind of felt that way a little when I first started working professionally and I was like, oh no, like we cannot have, no, like, no, we cannot have a run like this. Like I cannot be in a situation where professionals are gathering to make something and this is what's happening with the talk or the vibe or the, so I think that, and then again, yo, even when I got to college for dance, and I was there and I was very new to dance. I was a freshman at Purchase. And I was like looking around and I was like, you know, one of those annoying people, like first one in, last one to leave type shit. And I was like, what is wrong up in here? No, not with the program, but like, I was like, yo, cause it all sounded so exciting to me. Like, people, oh, we're gonna go into the room and we're gonna dance with our friends and you're gonna make a piece and people are gonna come. And I was like, that is incredible. I was like, y'all are setting this up for us? Like, and they were like, yeah. And I was amazed <laughs> how many people were in the rooms with these conditions, like just looking like they couldn't be bothered or, or, or not putting uh, any joy, I guess, or something into it or not letting the humanity still drive the situation. Like I felt like everybody was controlled by this programming of what they think they should be doing when they're like making something or rehearsing. And so I was like, well, if I ever get the chance to do this, I feel like I'd like to try it a different way. Like I really do. I'd really like to see what would happen. Because I also felt like, too, because the atmospheres were that way, I felt like the creative products were also, like, not as ill, frankly, as they maybe could be. Like, I was seeing really good, talented people, like, not being actualized. And I was seeing really talented, imaginative makers, like, for some reason, like, not going there or, like, settling because, like, the vibe was just, like, on a different thing. And so... And so I was just like, man, like, I'm not, I'm not going, I, I, I would like to see something different. So I started like really making it a point to kind of like set an atmosphere that way. And selfishly, like, I loved it. And I was like, well, we're going to keep this like this. I don't, I, it, it was weird because it wasn't even something that I consciously was like, okay, I need to be this way. Like, I just was like, I know I'm not that way. So if you're supposed to be, then I guess I'm gonna take a chance and, and just do what I think because like, I, I know I'm not that. Again, and that's no knock on anybody else at all, at all, because I have definitely displayed my version of that, I think, over my career at times when I've been in tough, tough spots in my life and still working.
So it's no knock on that. And you can't knock anybody at an elementary level when we're all still learning and like figuring it out. But see, that's when I knew there was a problem because I was like, we don't know anything and we're still choosing this mentality. That's not good. Like we're programmed in the wrong way. Then. So that's when I was like, okay, like, and I love it. So I do really get that excited <laughs> when I see people like, venturing into something special. I do love seeing people from different backgrounds and different stories and different different regions like coming under one roof to do something like specifically together. I do love those superhero meetups like this dope ass all-star over here and this incredible all-star over here like coming together with different styles. Like, like all that shit is very exciting and fascinating to me. And because I because I do care about it that much, I want it to be as incredible for anybody who's choosing to have faith in me to do it with me in that way. Like I really, it's like, uh, that's why I think sometimes once, once everybody's gotten there and the piece has really started to, or the project has really started to become a complete thing, I almost like don't know what to do anymore at that point. <laughs> like, like, like if you notice even like in the last, like towards the end, like I was like, I don't really know what to tell y'all for the piece or, you know, everybody got like, we've already, we've already done that. And my necessity for that has now shifted. This is something I'm trying to actually work on as I get better and work with more regular people. Like how can I <laughs> find a way to still elevate that feeling or sort of that involvement through like after something is made through like running it into a season through like performing it multiple times through because I've never really experienced a lot of that like we would do it things would have their run and then like we would go on to the next thing as opposed to like, oh we've been doing this piece for like 10 years like I'm always amazed at like that's why I think I'm also not like I'm there are choreographers that have created like these works these works that like have stood the test of decades like people are like y'all go and set one set I've never made a work like that. I don't know if I ever will. And I know I've made strong work and I've made works that I love and I have made work that, that people have really connected to. But you know, I haven't really ever been on that kind of a run or, or created something that has done that. And quite frankly, Katie, this is a business thing too. Like part of the reason why I think I get to work and why I get opportunity is for the experience that you're talking about. I don't think it's for my pieces necessarily. Because, for example, like nobody's ever asking for a piece. They're always like, will you come work with our people? And so that's why it sort of like made me start to like treat even the peacemaking itself as something different or what the piece is for. Like, because I can tell they're like, oh, I'm there to work with the people. That's why I'm, that's the, that's the, <clears throat> that, the, that, the that the Lord has put me on. Like, I'm there to work with the people as opposed to, like, oh, I'm there to create this work. Which is why I think sometimes for, for, for professionals in the industry side, you don't know what to do with me, right? Like, because like, I'm a talented, qualified person, but at the same time, like, if I'm a theater owner or I'm a presenter, it's like, well, I'm looking for the pieces and for the work and for the company. I'm not looking for like the, the spirit. Whereas like a place of education or like a, a school or something like this, like, that's exactly what they're looking for is somebody to come and bring spirit into the room so that there's like the elements. So now granted, I'm just hitting you with like self eval of like my professional identity and what I see like in the field and 
and how to be conscious of that. Cause I think you do have to know why you're going somewhere, I think, or, or, or what your purpose is in a certain place or being able to identify like when I am in a situation like, okay, like what, what is the, what is the, what is the best choice of habit for this particular moment? <laughs> you, like you, you know, um, I, I, I'm just sitting back and listening, <laughs> but um, I, I want to point this out because um, it just hit me. It's like, you know, Greg, you're disruptive, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's, it's productive. And, and, no, that's and not it, the first time that somebody has used that exact word. Why? Yeah. And, 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 and it's needed. It's needed. Like, I, for, for, for one thing, and I know you believe this too, actually all of us believe this on, the, on this program right now, that, you know, you can't frame creativity. So I want to say that we're going to ask you back on again. Yeah. Because I want to dive into the university conversation because I have some biased things to say. I know, I know, and then, I and then, and then, no, 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 no. Steer me though. Like you can tell me, you can tell me. No, 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 no. I never want to steer you <laughs> because, because I, I absolutely welcome the disruption. I welcome the university conversation that needs to be had. No, I, 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 I completely, back you based on everything you said and I know there's more in between but what you said I completely back a hundred percent and I want to back it up I want to have that opportunity to do yeah, that too, so yeah yeah it, it, it is yes. it, it, it really is um, and and yeah I, th that's something I want to definitely dive into um, you know to 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 conclude, and if you can um, wrap us up, Greg, but don't don't rush at all. But but you you've touched on this word um, throughout the program, and it's consistency, and and you've described it in and out. I get it. The Katies are nodding. They get it. I still my heart is still um, uh, uh, beating at a slow rate at this thought that maybe someone hasn't caught it. <laughs> so um, consistently consistency as in constant activity you've described that almost almost exhausted that thought um <laughs> but but can can you break it down as lame as possible you know i don't know what to do and i know i should do something sure so what do i do right now what is the next thing that i need to do can you break that down for us sure sure um well Whenever I am in that exact line of questioning, the first thing I do is make sure that I'm not alone in that discussion. What should I do is a question, which means that it's a discussion, which means mm -hmm. that you shouldn't be alone, I think, when you're gonna answer those kinds of questions. You can ask those questions of yourself again in conjunction with conversation, but I think, I think doing what we're doing right now, for example, is already something that's better. I mean, Fleming, you said it best. You were like, dude, every time we interact, I feel so activated, but also so called out at the same time. And it's like, <laughs> sometimes like if we, like if you did those things to yourself, if you called yourself out and you like measured yourself, sometimes we don't always do that to ourselves like effectively or beneficially. And I think if that's the only time that we're having those conversations, 
then those conversations become traumatic and they don't help us. And so then we shy away from them totally. And then there's no participation. So that's why I'm saying the consistency is so important in that way, because I think it's not just the, the consistency of the amount. It's also, if you can, the consistency of the quality with which like, for example, I think it's high quality to have a conversation with a friend and ask those things. I think it's lower quality to beat yourself up, do the thing in your apartment alone in the corner, and then like still decide not to do anything. That's a low quality experience. It's very easy for that to happen. And it's not, a mis I mean, it's not anything, we're human, so nobody's perfect. So it is easy to find ourselves in those places. But the quality of that experience is not something that you consistently want to have in your life. Like the quality of the consistency of an enriching discussion or the quality of the consistency of, of a, a solution that is derived from some back and forth and some exploration, some participation, right? It's more active to make a call or make a visit than it is to like, stay stationary right so i think i think again there doesn't need to be bigness attached to these words like a lot of times we think that hard work and consistency and these things and motivation like those we, we look at them as like big global words that we need to be some type of celebrity status in order to have these things in our life is not that it's just, mm -hmm. are they present? And can you actively categorize them presently as such? Like, oh yes, I, I had these things happen today. I did these things. We have to work up to it too. Consistency gives you the ability to have like gradual progress. You can't like, you know, you can't go from like not from not being super active and then like helping every cause that exists at once or you can't go from making this amount and like I at least I'm a big believer in like because once you welcome something into your life the goal is for it to stay like once you've experienced a standard then like that standard stays and even if we feel like we regress or something happened we know how to come back like like then we go, okay, great, returning to that. Like this never goes away once it's there. And that's why I believe so much in the importance of like good gradual growth in that way. Because like once you reach different plateaus of arrival or can, arrival is a terrible word, but once you reach certain plateaus of like a landmark, let's say, or a certain level of establishment in something, then like that doesn't disappear now. Like it's you, you now, you work to stabilize that and then you take it again. So I think consistency teaches us progress, like, like, like holdable progress. That's why I'm so heavy on it. Because mm -hmm. you don't have to be talented to, to be consistent. That's a choice, that's a habit, right? A, a habit is a, consistency is a habit. So once I have that, then if that is backing up my talent and everybody at that program has a high level of aptitude and a high IQ and you have great, great, teachers and leaders there so if you are able to adopt consistency into your life on top of the gifts that you have i would be excited for you it also teaches us patience which is a new one for me <laughs> <laughs> you got it because you're you're, you're patient with us <laughs>
<laughs> so it's perfect. <laughs> so I have to learn. Like I thought after one year of choreographing, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be on podcasts. It's like, dude, you gotta take time. Like, no, 10 years after choreographing, you could be on some podcasts. Like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> right? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, like you gotta be patient. Like, <laughs> oh, shoot, man. I love it. Yo, I love y'all too. Um, Beautiful platform. You know, I probably wouldn't even talk like this or, or be in a, in a place to get my mind into these places if it wasn't with, with, with you guys. And so thank you for creating the arena for that and for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we're going to have you on again. Um, Dude, I'm ready anytime. I think this is very cool what you guys are doing. And I think it's really important. And I think, I think that you're doing a great job of like deciding, you know, what kind of topics we want to uncover and like what are things that can be heard. And yes, let's talk about school next time, yo. We can do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, talk about a disruptive conversation. I am ready to have it. Let's yeah, do it. You guys just give me a and I'll be there. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> oh, we're going to get in some trouble. Good. Okay. Well, hey, Greg, um, remind everyone of where can we find um, out more information when, in, in terms of Dash Ensemble, Dash Academy? Um, online, offline. Sure. Yeah, our uh, website is always a good resource, dashensemble.org. Um, we are, we just got our second semester of the Dash Academy underway for our extended term, which is great. Um, and yeah, it's cool. We will be engaging in a small project for the ensemble down here over the summer. Um, and I will be teaching some open community workshops throughout the uh, early winter and spring here. They are in person and very, very intimate, um, but they're free. And I have a couple collegiate projects coming up for uh, commissions at Montclair State and also uh, Marymount Manhattan. So I'm going to continue to see how this works in the virtual world and kind of figure out how these approaches are gonna work. It's gonna, we could talk all about that too next time. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, as you know, we have a specific way we like to sign out. Yeah. So I'm going to get things started. And then, uh, Greg, you can, uh, you can have the last word so people remember this episode. So here we go. So, so hello, everyone. I am James Boyd and one of three hosts. And as you know, to conclude this wonderful discussion with Gregory Dobashian, I believe anyone can move. So what about you, Fleming? Do you believe anyone can move? I, yes, everyone can move. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Breland, you're next. What about you? What do you believe? Anyone can move. <laughs> All right, there you go. Okay, Greg, what are your thoughts? Can anyone move? Yes, we all can move. <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Greg. Thank you guys, with my pleasure. I look forward to it. And of course, if you guys want to continue the, any of these discussions off wax too, ever, just as colleagues and friends, I'm always available. There we go. And I, you know what? That is going to happen. So, Greg, <laughs> yeah. you know what? Until next time. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. This was another wonderful episode, season two of Anyone Can Move. Thank you.